Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today I'm <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't even contain it. Uh, today we're going to talk about probably the most fascinating thing we've ever talked about on the show, and that's past lives and oracle card readings. <sighs> My guest today is Michelle Eads, and she is an oracle card intuitive, which means she does readings using oracle cards, and she helps clients explore their past lives in the hopes of healing. Guys, it's so interesting, and I am just going to go right in. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, Jenna. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, too. Uh, Michelle is a co-author in the Women Who Inspire Impact series, and we met uh, two months ago now, I believe, yeah. at the, an event that Kate Butler, our publisher, held in on the East Coast of the United States, and Michelle flew all the way from Australia, correct? Yeah. I was going to say New Zealand, but that's like blasphemous, I know. Um, <laughs> and it was so funny because um, my friend Katie Jeffcoat, who was the first interviewee on the podcast, was telling me about this woman, Michelle. I don't know if I ever told you the story, but apparently when Katie went to an event before this one, she was told that she had to meet you. Like you guys had to hook up. You guys had to hook up. And so while we're on our way to the event, knowing Michelle is going to be there, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet this woman, Michelle. She's, uh, we're supposed to meet. It's going to be so cool. And so then we walk in and here's Michelle with her adorable husband who had flown all the way from Australia with her in the lobby of this gorgeous hotel. And <laughs> Katie and I both kind of squealed like, <laughs> there's Michelle. And then we got to meet her and you guys, she's like the warmest individual in the world. So I'm going to stop being, I'm going to stop gushing, Michelle, because <laughs> this is serious business. We are talking about aggressive optimism here. There's no joking around. And I feel like your journey to becoming an Oracle card reader, intuitive, past lives, all of this must have been pretty intense. And the idea of embracing that you can do this. I'm just so fascinated by this process. So am I right in saying that this must have been an intense journey? <laughs> um, gosh, intense isn't the word I would use. Long, okay. definitely. Long, definitely. I don't think the past life thing has been um, intense. I, really? Because that just is who I am, fitting into the world like desperate to fit into the world, the everyday world was the part I struggled with the most. Oh, um, explain more. That's, that's <laughs> kind of what I mean though. Like when you have a gift that isn't quote the norm, I feel like 
embracing that gift is probably the biggest challenge. Absolutely. Um, I think that, so the first time I was actually introduced that this was a thing for me, I was 14. And there was a boy at school who is very significant in my story, um, who said, came up to me and he said, we've known each other before. And I went, hmm. And I didn't know at the time that I was, <laughs> that I was actually intuitive, that I was psychic, you know, all of these things. But for some reason, that phrase just like, it was like, it was really loud in my awareness. And so I went off after that at the ripe old age of 15 and um, explored a reincarnation. And it's just not something people were talking about. It's like you absolutely, for years and years and years, like I was in my 30s before I could actually have a conversation about past lives with regular people. Oh, that's so, so interesting. So I have two questions about that. One, yeah. what, well, yeah, what does exploring a past life look like? Well, what I wanted to know was how was it that I felt such a connection with this boy? Like, well, and he's I, the one that brought it up, right? Yeah, exactly. The, um, it was like, you know, when you meet people and you go, wow, I feel like this instant connection with you. I feel really comfortable. I want to dig in. Um, I want to Yes, <laughs> I do know. Hint, hint, you and I. Absolutely. Um, and, but the same thing happens in reverse when you kind of go, ooh, no, um, yeah, you just make me feel really uncomfortable. You're kind of creepy. And I don't think people realize that that's our intuition. I didn't realize it was my intuition at the time. So my kind of digging in um, was how what the, that moment guided what I did going forward. So it was always like, well, how, what, what is this? How do I work this out? And there was nowhere to find information. The places you would go to, literally, there was one, a place in Sydney where I was living. Wait, was Michelle, a- are you telling me that you're older than the internet like I am? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's been a 40-year process, Benner. I'm like anxious now. When I talk to high school students, I always bring that. I'm like, yeah, guys, older than... <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, and that, that is actually the case because I research past life stuff now and it's just so easy to just hop straight onto the internet and right? what you're looking for. It's great. <laughs> back in the day, it was like these little pokey, dark, um, esoteric bookshops. And the, ours was... Um, Madame Blavatsky's Theosophical Society. And I had to go up this staircase into this room that just my, no, my memory. That's a real place? Yes, yes. It's this bookshop in Sydney. And it oh, was- I'm going. <laughs> but, but that was it. You had to go and find information in weird places. So I didn't know that I could do my own readings. I didn't know I could access my own stuff at all. Oh. But that one conversation set me on a path for 41 years ago. So that'll give you an idea of my age. And now I can do it. Now it's like watching television in my head. Oh, that's so interesting and fascinating. And I freaking love it so much. So the other question I had was you saying it took you until you were 30. Was that right? Before you could have a conversation with somebody else about past lives. Like explain that to me. Like who's somebody else and why? Um, so back in the, gosh, back in that, those days, there was the, the way you accessed anything that was unusual was you would go and see a, a tarot reader or a clairvoyant reader. And I wasn't really in a position to be able to do that. I didn't even know where to find them. 
So the most I was getting was in bookshops, in new age bookshops and things where you could go and find books. And there were a few authors who were doing this. Um, but when we moved to where I live now, I was just down at my local shopping area and my legs literally walked me in a direction I didn't know I was going. <laughs> I looked at this store. There was a, one of those um, sandwich boards out the front that said tarot reader available today. And I walked in and I said, right, so this was January 20, 1996. So I would have been... Wow. I love that you remember exact dates. Oh. <laughs> and it's so clear. So I was born... So I was 14. It must have been like 19. Yeah, so it would have been not quite 20 years later. So I was in my 30s. Wow. Um, and I walked in and I said, I need to have a past life reading. And the lady said, oh, no, I think you'd be better off having a, you know, just a regular tarot reading. And I said, no, no, <laughs> reading. it's the only reason I'm here. And I, I went in and it was to find out what my connection was with the boy from school. Oh, my gosh. I love that you are still obsessed with that connection. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's like I always talk about, you never know what something you say or do, how it's going to affect somebody else. Absolutely. And I was fascinating. Like, are you still in touch with him? Does he know that you like, like he was the catalyst for your entire life basically, right? Yep. Yep. We had a 20 year dream relationship, whole other story, but so it never went away. This connection oh, good. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And so why was it so, was it just difficult for you to have conversations with other people about it because they didn't know it or they didn't understand it? Or were you afraid to introduce something in the world with them that might be construed as negative or frankly oh, evil? No, I'm never afraid. I'm I always going to brings it up anyway. It's, it's like the Harry Potter world. The world is full of muggles and it was very muggly. Um, I'm going to Harry Potter world tomorrow. Ah, <laughs> it's my favorite place. <laughs> yeah, I have a shirt that says, don't let the muggles get you down. Yes, well, I should have <laughs> had one back then. But it was, it was just like anything you talked about that was spiritual or slightly unusual Back in the 70s, like when I was growing up, you didn't wait Ouija boards and seances were black magic. They were really yes. dark things. And I, they're the kind of parent, they're the people I was then meeting as parents when our kids were at school together. So that's the year what we grew up in. But of course, that is like, I adore that stuff. Not the seances and the Ouija boards, but anything dark, I'm going to dig in. Ah. <laughs> so are you a Slytherin? Is that what I'm hearing? Sorry? Are you a Slytherin? Is that what I'm hearing? No, definitely not. But I understand the passion, the idea of, and the compelling feeling that you might want to be. <laughs> then you must be a Gryffindor. They're the same, except for their motives or their so weight. So true. That's so fascinating. Okay, so let's talk more about the challenges internally with like embracing the idea that, oh yeah, I. I know it was a long time ago, so I just would love to hear kind of like some of the things that you had to overcome mentally to embrace this thing that other people consider dark. Yeah. I mean, I never had a problem with it. Honestly. I love that about you. <laughs> I have always had a problem with it. It's like, so that's why I'm always fascinated. Well, I think, I, I think a lot of it comes down to understanding who you are. Okay. And 
my biggest challenge was the real world. I, this world is, this is, this is where I feel most comfortable. It, it doesn't matter how dark and twisty it gets. I this world it. meaning your past lives world. Yeah. Okay. And, and anything spiritual or where I, so, so my biggest challenge was dealing with people who were short-sighted, close-minded, mm-hmm. um, incredibly judgmental, which was my, my issue anyway. But then to come out and say, you know what, I'm so passionate about past lives. And literally my joy is so overwhelming when it comes to past lives. It's like, <laughs> pick me, let me talk to you about this. This is so exciting. And everybody goes, oh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they just kind of back off. And it's like, well, yeah, how, that was the hard part. Navigating when I, that is my whole purpose for being. And having to then kind of exist in a world where they aren't okay with people doing things like that. They aren't okay with people who are being different. Yeah. So how did you, how did you navigate? Um, I'm not sure if I did. I think I actually might've like closed off a lot. I, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I was very, I was very, very, very privileged to spend all of this time with David, who David and the boy from school, we all went to school together, so he knows the story. Oh, that's but, so crazy. <laughs> and David's really normal. He's like, he's my normal connection. So he David's created a safe space for me to be not okay and for me to learn how to get on in the everyday normal kind of world. And David's your husband, correct? My husband, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's so amazing that you have that anchor, like a true anchor, so that Absolutely. you can like, float around in the past lives world and still know that you can safely come back down to earth. Absolutely. And, so, and that's a big thing too. <laughs> I bet. So tell us a little bit more about that because I am curious if you could explain what, what the process of a past lives reading looks like for you, like being in a totally different world. Well, it is. So when I first started doing them, I, I continued on with my clairvoyant reader that I had the first reading with. And she told me afterwards that it was the first time she'd ever done a past life reading. Um, I learned, so she, she was actually my very first mentor. And she introduced me to a couple of other uh, readers who were at the same store. Who, and we were like family. And every time I could justify working through the guilt of spending money that I didn't actually have because I was an at-home mum with two young kids Mm. at that point. I would go in and it was, for me, it was therapy. And David being the incredibly generous and caring man that he is, allowed me to do what I needed to do. So I don't think, I don't know that he had an issue with it at all. I think it was an internal battle of me feeling like I had to be normal, but my passion was with it with this so I'd go in and have readings and I'd say right I need to understand my connection with this person and Mm. this person so a lot of troubles with my dad and um, digging into past life connections showed me stories that I had lived whether you believe or you don't believe isn't really relevant at this point in time because your body reacts and so I would be crying and I'd just go I know that a big emotional response is ah okay we're on track with this So difficult relationship between Michelle and her father in this lifetime was the same story that played out in a past life where my dad was my father in that life and he had me beheaded. So that was just Whoa. I know, right? (laughs) You know, Biggs. What? (laughs) God. So so does does that make any difference? Well, maybe not to some people, but to me it did because I was seeking any kind of insight I could find 
that would help me navigate this new world and to deal with the issues I was dealing with. So, so each time I went in. Yeah, how do you process through something that happened in your past lives, like being beheaded by your dad <laughs> and work through it knowing that that's not the same experience in this life. And so obviously there was a part of you that was carrying it, right? And, and behaving a certain way without understanding why you're behaving a certain way. I'm just curious about how you use this information to heal in this life. That's a really great question. And for me, I would go in firstly curious, but secondly, I would go in after I'd had a really difficult um, experience or period of time with dad. And when I would have this reading and have this insight, it's like my body, I went in with my body really clenched and, um, you know, tight and, and sort of holding on tightly. And I would walk out feeling loose and relaxed because not knowing, not understanding something is actually just in, drives me insane. Mm. When I have understanding and knowledge, I can go, oh, it's easier for me to have compassion for that situation. Now, at that time, I wasn't very well versed in that. That's something that's definitely grown over time. But when I now, if I'm doing it with um, somebody else, like I'm taking someone else through the process, if you understand the motivation behind something, like it's not always in this lifetime, sometimes it is past life. But if you understand the motivation for or the story that came in, it's easier for you to then say, well, I, okay, I have this information. Now I can respond accordingly. So if, if my dad and I were having this relationship now, I would manage my father in the, in the most polite, positive, loving way, very differently from how I would have managed, how I coped with him when I was a teenager. Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh, so fascinating. And so that was your process of healing yourself. How do you help others heal? Like, what does a reading with you look like? <laughs> like, she's like rubbing her hands together, you guys. Like, <laughs> really, when, you, when she says she's excited about this, it, it's true. Full <laughs> body experience. Um, you know, what I really love about um, working with other people is that moment where it's like, you know, that whole light bulb moment. It's like literally their energy shifts. They might not see it, but I can see it when I'm talking to them. And it's this little moment of awareness when you go, oh. <laughs> and sometimes it's just knowing um, that a story took place. And so the feelings they have that aren't, they're not very clear about, they just know they have them, mm -hmm. kind of makes sense. And so usually there's a, a huge emotional fallout, like there's crying and stuff like that. Um, and that's fabulous because that's where you know I know I'm exactly on point. They we have found what it is that was getting in the way, and then the process after that is actually very simple. Most people don't do it. It's what I call the aftercare process, <laughs> which is to be gentle with yourself, to be kind to yourself, to eat grounding food, to make sure that you really are mindful for a few days afterwards, as the story just integrates, and it is literally mm. that simple. So Interesting. it's easier if you're doing it for a blockage in business or a block in something, a project you're working on, because then you can go through and you can say, okay, I'm going along here, I need this money. It's not coming in past life. In the past life, you took a vow of poverty. So oh, you wow. literally address that. You um, undo the vow of poverty 
And that's just words. Literally, it is an energetic visual thing. You can do it any way you like so that you can go forward not having that. It's like not having that shackle holding you back. Oh, that's so fascinating. I feel like as you're talking, uh, because I've been fascinated by past lives since I was a teenager too, and it was because I was like, why does this person trigger me so badly? And I, I didn't realize like it could have been that that person and I may have met in a past life. It was more of like what happened to me in a past life to make me so upset about this particular thing because I live with probably one of the most chill people on the planet and nothing gets to this human. And I'm always like, why am I so easily upset? You know, and I mean, now I have a process of dealing with that upsetness, but I didn't before. And so I would always think like, what happened? <laughs> you know, um, and so I, I think that past lives exploration is such an f- interesting way of figuring out your triggers in this life. Is that a, gr- a good way to say it? Absolutely. I, I really love that actually as a statement because it's like anything. It's what resonates most with you. So I have done my sessions with the psychologists and the counsellors and they had their place, but this, this answers everything for me. Mm. It's like just another strategy or a tool. So yes, if you, you are one of those people where you go, why is this triggering me? Often there's something that happens in this life that does it, but more often than not, there is a past life influence. And I find it so fascinating that stories that took place thousands and hundreds, hundreds and thousands of years ago can have still such an impact. It's, it that's really true. is interesting. It yeah. really, really is. And so I know that you um, are doing your own project of exploring past lives. And I think it's so fascinating because I love when people learn something about themselves and become so passionate about something that they can do and then create a project. Like I'm a project junkie. And so would you mind sharing your project? Because I love the applicable aspect of it. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. The, I didn't know that I'd be able to actually spend my life doing past lives. I thought it was just going to be a little hobby thing. Because uh-huh. back then, you know, when I was young and forming all these ideas about life, you, this wasn't talked about. Sure. Now I do past life readings live on Facebook. You know, it's, is so open. People are so open to things. Oh my like gosh, that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but what I'm able to do now is travel to the places that I have had past lifetimes. I'm like, I'm so excited sharing this. <laughs> so I'm so happy you're sharing. <laughs> so my, I didn't know that I wanted to do this. This has really only evolved in the last couple of years, but I've got to the point where I thought, you know what, I can't learn any more being located where I'm located because I just can't get out to access different cultures and different stories. And you know, I went, David and I went to the Louvre Museum in Paris oh, and seriously, I came, there were stories everywhere. I just, and the statues on top of the building were talking to me. So it was- Oh my gosh, explain that because you and I have had that conversation, but the audience has no idea what you're talking about. And it's so interesting. Um. Like Michelle's way of being in the world is would drive me nuts. <laughs> totally drive me nuts. So I guess I guess the easiest way to describe it is when I meet people, quite often it's just meeting people, but then every so often there's this like story flashes in front of my, my face. Because like I said, I see past lives like they're movies on a screen in my head. 
Um, and when I was at the Louvre, there's, as you walk into the centre courtyard, um, as I looked up, there were a whole lot of birds flying over. And each time I went, so I've been there a couple of times and over a period of days, the same flock of birds was flying around. And I just said, I said to David, oh my gosh, they're the corbies. They're the birds who are flying around the dead bodies. And then in another corner, there was a marketplace going on. And I don't know That's how crazy. I see this. It just <laughs> turns up in my awareness. And so you could say I'm just a creative writer, but I knew there was this. So when I looked up, there's these full-size statues along the top of, um, I don't know if it's the whole way around or just on one side. And every time I turned around, it's like they were animate. They were chatting just like something in Harry Potter. No way. You yeah. literally live Harry Potter. I'm so jealous. <laughs> All the time. But that is actually a problem as well because then it's like sensory overload because there's so sure. much going on. And I was like this little starry-eyed, you know, little girl from back down under and it's like in this world and I'm going, yes, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> Overwhelm is then a problem and that took me quite a few weeks to recover from. I bet. Yeah, but so now I'm going, I want to go to all the places I've had a past life that I have already accessed, which is over 60. And wow. go to the places where I had the lifetimes and tell the story on location and then wrap up the story. So I'm, it's really important to me going forward to collect all those pieces, but also to acknowledge their place in my journey. And that's what we're doing. So I'm going to Norway next year to do address eight lifetimes that I know of in Norway. Wow. That's quite a bucket list you got going on there. Yes. So we're <laughs> relocating overseas. Um, to, oh, you are? You're not yeah. just going on vacation? No, no, no. Um, so next year we're doing the vacation trip to Norway. Um, then we're going to relocate overseas pretty much permanently because I need to go and do the gypsy thing. So my intention is to go and visit all the places. Um, my intention is to do on-location past life readings. Um, because you can, because, and I want the world to be smaller. I want everyone to make this, to understand that they are magical, incredible people because of the stories, not in spite, and because they part, those parts of them are really significant. That's incredible. I love that because we often talk about, you know, past lives experience as something that you carry over in a negative way. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what you're saying is there's a lot of positive that comes from past lives. Let's talk oh, about yeah. that a little bit more. Well, what I love is, so in all the lives that I have found, and, and when this was back in the day when I wasn't, I didn't really know that I was doing it. And so I felt really unsure. I hadn't quite built that muscle up yet. Um, so I'd write everything down and I had a checklist of people who I, were in the, now I just, it's like, if I think of something, I go, is there a past life connection? Yes or no. And then we go from there. But um, the traditional white when you say to people you do past lives, they say, oh, that's scary. I'm really worried about having a reading, da, da, da. And I understand that because usually it's the traumatic stuff that comes out. Mm -hmm. But what if you knew that you had this amazing life which we, where you have this super, super incredible skill that and learning that you could bring into this life? It's just like a... Yes, please. Fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well... I won't tell you about that three that just popped into your <laughs> my awareness. About yes, you. you will. Oh my gosh, you guys! <laughs> this is so so crazy. I have, a, I have a past life as a slave. I had no name. This is back in like one fifty five A.D. Wow. And the only thing I know about this boy was he was about fifteen years old, and I see him being carried in what looks like a coffin shaped box made of branches. This is all I know about him. 
and that was Kenya in Africa. Wow. But I also know, just to confuse things a little bit, I have a future life. So chronologically in the future, where I was. Yeah, that's confusing things a little bit. That's a whole <laughs> other episode. Okay, so I'm officially inviting you back to talk about future lives. <laughs> And alternate realities, yes. Okay, we won't go there. But so in this other lifetime, I was a female doctor in Kenya. So it's almost as if I, I only knew about the, the no-name slave, but then knowing about the doctor in Kenya and here I am, you know, I consider myself, I'm really just an at-home mum who happens to be passionate about exploring past lives. But if I knew that... Slash um, I had, <laughs> if you knew that, If I knew that I had a past life as a doctor then it's kind of like, well, it gives you confidence. And it's like, well, I must have done this. Um, it gives me the awareness that I am in a place where I can seek out information and know that I know how to process it. It gives me, it absolutely feeds my ability to heal my children, to create. To oh, create let's talk about that life. a little bit. Yeah. So if, if you... If you know that you were something or did something in a past life, like you were a strong leader, then it allows you to bring that same energy through and say, well, hang on, I've done this before. So, if, so it's like acting. If I thought that I, if I knew I had done this before, how would I behave going forward? As compared with, I had a really traumatic childhood. I then found out I was passionate about something that nobody was passionate about, like it was really scary. I then found out that I was like the, the most minority group of the personality profiles, you know, like all of these things. <gasps> I'm a terrible person. I'm worthless. And it's really hard for me to exist. Hang on. I was a doctor in a past life. I worked with um, amazing, incredible um, people in the time of Mary Queen of Scots. I, um, I was a prostitute. Oh my God. Like all of these things. I look at them and I go, Oh, this is the best pedigree ever. <laughs> I love it. It doesn't always have to be a problem. But if, if you understand the dynamics of it and you see it all as beautiful gift, gift of learning, everything works so like scrumptiously and comes together and I go, wow, you know what? I'm actually an awesome human. Uh, I love that. And also I love the fact that you just used the word scrumptious. <laughs> and I also really, and I say love a lot on this podcast. I've been listening to a bunch of episodes while I, episode, while I edit them. And I'm like, lady, I got to come up with new words, but I do. I love it. Okay. So I'm just going to say everything's amazing and I love everything. And if you can't handle it, you probably shouldn't listen to the show. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing that I love that you just said is basically when you know the whole story, you get to choose which parts of it you carry with you Absolutely. and which parts of it you tap into. I was about to say absolutely for the fifth time, um, for sure. And like most things, we are not given the um, little bit of sage advice that should have happened when we were at school, probably in the early parts of school, that you get to choose how you interpret your story. Um, <sighs> I love trauma. that. Yeah, like, so if we, we, instead of like looking down on people because they're homeless or because they had, you know, trauma in their childhood, we said, wow look how strong you are that you've come through that. Mm -hmm. And what if I was to say, you know what, I am so super spectacularly awesome because I can connect with past lives. I listen to stories of people who don't live anymore. I can give a voice to people who don't live and exist anymore. I can help people navigate a path that they're not even aware of 
that allows them to tap into their own joy and magnificence on a whole other scale. Oh, it's so good. Your own interpretation to your story. It doesn't I love to, that. It, that's probably what it's all about. And, and thank you for allowing me to like, actually bring that out because I didn't realize that was what I was doing. Well, there you go. And now you have it recorded so you can listen back and be like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. I, I bring all this amazingness to the world. Yes, I do. No, that's you. <laughs> no, that's you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so that was amazing advice. And if you can believe it, we're almost out of time. So I was literally just going to ask you, what advice would you give? So I'm going to give you the opportunity to give another piece of advice if you'd like or stick with the one you just gave. Well, my, my bit of advice for anything is trust your gut because back in the days when the world was telling me that I was doing things wrongly, my gut was saying, but I feel right. It feels right. Mm. So trust your gut. Trust your, that's my advice going forward. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's so good. And do you have a resource? to share with everybody? Um, well, uh, if you can access your own, I believe everyone can access their own information, so their own past life stories. So Wikipedia is a brilliant resource. Hmm. But if you want to know how to get started, go and have a reading. Book in and just um, have a, a past life reading and say, tell me, tell me where to start. And then go off and literally research your own stuff. And again, you trust your gut. If your gut kind of gives you no response, then there's no response. But you don't go down that path. But if it goes bing and it's like everything goes, if you get excited in your body, that's the path you follow when you're looking at it. I love that. That's right. If you can't handle the fact that I love everything again. Um, <laughs> and uh, do you have a favorite quote? I do. Funnily enough, my mother wrote this in my autograph book when I was 10. And it has just stayed with me forever. It's unto thine own self be true. Oh. oh, I love that so much. Okay. So again, we are out of time. Michelle, you rock my freaking world. And I am going to make you when we're off air, tell me about this three past lives that came out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> everybody who has been listening, thank you so much for listening. We, I really, really appreciate all the support. I am Jenna Edwards. You have been listening to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. And remember, if you dream it, it's possible. Thank you, Michelle, again. Thank you guys for listening Thank again. You. And until next time, have a great day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.